Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And this is Side Note. A podcast where every episode we tell stories about and then debate a controversial topic. And then we research and splice in all the mind-blowing shiznit throughout so you are entertained while simultaneously learning. Today, we are going to be going back through our first year of the Side Note podcast and highlighting what you guys have told us were your favorite parts of the year. And Rachel is going to guide us through it. And Rachel's right here. I'm looking at her right now. Hello. Hi. So when did we start this podcast? We started this year. We started on a Wednesday. May 9th, 2018. So the air was crisp. Was it? Oh, yeah. Beautiful day. It was a beautiful day because it was the beginning of a side note. Of course it was. It has been so exciting to work on this podcast and also to see it evolve. Like we've changed it quite a bit since back then. So. If you listen to the first marijuana episode, it is actually different. We didn't have a debate section, which we hope you like, but we feel like it's evolved it. Mm-hmm. Our stories were a lot more loose. It wasn't like, here are the stories. We didn't have a comment section. No. Wait, what did we even do? I did this <laughs> weird middle section with like the history of marijuana in Canada and had all this like old timey music. I liked it. it though. And you were like, Trudeau, not that Trudeau oh, or like yeah. not the dreamy <laughs> Trudeau. <laughs> But I like those. Like, we can still do those, I think. Oh, you're right. That's true. So let us know also what you like. 2019, new year, maybe new us. Oh, of course new us. Are you kidding me? I reset every year and I just evolve. I'm like a Pokemon. (laughs) You do too. Everyone glows up, right? (laughs) Yeah. No, no, no. I love that. I'm saying this before the New Year's, but I'm like so excited about it. But then it comes and then you're like, but I'm still eating the same and not doing anything. And then you start to feel sad. I'm excited right now, you know? So what was the first clip that people decided that they wanted highlighted on this end of the year compilation? The first clip comes from our scary movie episode. Halloween. And it's a story of Mitch going through sleep paralysis. And I have never experienced that. It sounds horrifying. Yeah, I've never experienced it personally, but I've experienced by sleeping beside him. And he it's crazy. It's honestly crazy. He like screams all the time, but he's sleeping. Oh, it's so weird. Oh, do you sleep with earplugs? Uh, yeah, fully. Yeah, <laughs> or I are you do. supportive through it? And you, wake but like, I don't. The earplugs don't work when he like shoots out of bed, as he says in the story, and goes like, "The bastards got us." <laughs> so wild. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna roll the tape for that right now. Today we are talking about scary movies. Ooh, a little Halloween episode. Oh, oh. <laughs> I guess this is coming out on Halloween. Um, so for my story, I want to tell like a very scary experience that. I've had in my life it's not from a movie but I just thought it was like worth telling um, and it is that I used to go to Florida a lot so my family would, that is like, scary terrifying that's the end of my story um, <laughs> we'd show up in Florida my grandparents like would go for a part of the year as they got older so they had a house there what are they um, called snowbirds yeah something like in that in Canada yeah. it's when older people escape to Florida slash because Arizona. it can be kind of dangerous for el- elder- elderly people to be on slippery snow. ice or like it's h- harder on their bones and stuff like that. Winter so is a nightmare. They love going there. 
went down there most years when we were young. And one year, because a lot of us would be in this house, I was sleeping on the pullout couch. And in the middle of the night, I woke up and I could hear my little brother crying in the other room. Creepy. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's weird. But then I heard my mom get up out of her room and go to the room. How old was your brother? I'm picturing him now. I'm like, he cries? No, yeah. I I don't know. (laughs) He must have been like, you know, under 10. And I was probably probably like 14 or something. I honestly don't remember what age I was. Um, So I hear her go. And then I hear her get like really concerned. And so I start like getting a little bit scared because I'm like, what's going on? So I start looking around and then I look at the end of my bed and there's literally a shadow in the shape of a man standing at the what? end of my bed. And so my heart starts racing because I'm young and I'm like trying to look. It's so dark. I'm like, is that like my brother, or my dad, or is that some- is something weird going on? And then and you're in Florida. And I'm, I'm in I Florida. Say. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know how many robberies are here. I'm 14 in Florida. Oh, I'm really scared. Um, guns but, everywhere. Guns everywhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, then suddenly I realize... I cannot move. I'm literally paralyzed. Oh, you have that thing? That's like, man, this demon at the end of my bed literally comes onto my bed, (gasps) reveals his form as like some scary man and sits on my chest. Like that famous painting, The Nightmare. Literally. And I'm trying to scream for help, knowing my mom and brother are just in the other room, like awake. And I'm going like, (gasps) like trying to scream so bad. And then all of a sudden gone. And now I'm awake. So I guess I was experiencing like sleep a paralysis. sleep paralysis mixed with like a night terror, which I then went on in my life to have many night terrors, which yeah. you know. Yes, Mitch will shoot out of bed and be like, <laughs> the bus is coming and like scream. And I'll be like, ah, like what the F? Like it was a lot yeah, I remember. worse. Yeah, I don't have it very often I feel anymore. Like you have not, but you, oh my God, it was horrifying. You, you would sleepwalk. You would I don't s- sleepwalk that often, but I like, well, get you've gotten out of and, your bed and, and been and like, yeah, you- and often like I remember. It's not like I forget. So like that bus example, I was in bed with Greg, and I remember waking up and seeing a city bus in our room. But it made sense, and I was like, oh, we have to get on the bus. And then you <laughs> went like, what? And then I woke up, and everything disappeared, and I was like so embarrassed that I was like. Nothing. And, and didn't just, you like, once when bed. you were like staying at my parents' house, like scream like yes, like, oh my god, like, I won't, this will be short. <laughs> but I literally woke up, thought I was trapped in an iceberg. The first time I ever <laughs> like slept at Greg's parents was like slapping the walls, trying to get out, like yelling. <laughs> and I was like, this. then I woke up. And then up, the like, morning you were like, um, did you guys by any chance hear screaming and like crawling and like I was scraping on the walls? And we we're like, anyway. oh, okay, good. You did. No, we didn't hear it. Okay, good. You were safe. But yes. Oh, a night terrors. It's not fun. I'm surprised it's... you ever even go to sleep. Truly. This holiday season, a lot of us will be drinking, which reminds us of our alcohol episode in which Greg tells literally such a wild story. It involves neon. It involves celebrity. It involves crime. Let's go. Okay, so one of the times in my life where I think I was really drunk again. (laughs) Okay, so okay, let's paint the scene. It's 2008. Okay, okay, so like okay. art kids have moved on. Is it from... like what's 2008? Like Kesha, TikTok? Is that the right time? Uh, well, I was at an MIA concert. Okay, uh, Kanye West, Stronger. 
Okay. That's like what it was. Arcade. It was like this is literally like it was literally like art kids used to love indie music, like Arcade Fire. Now they've moved on to like Daft Punk and Kanye West. It's like neon everywhere. Okay. So it's like that's what the hip kids were doing. That's what I was doing. I I was wearing a shirt this night that was pink and it said "Made in the 80s." Like <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> like I cannot believe that I wore that shirt. You also used to have those stupid sun Kanye West sunglasses that had like the oh my god the shades the in front. Oh god. Yeah. Ew. Okay. Okay. So where are you though? I'm down in Toronto, like near the oh god. It used to be called Cool House. It's not there anymore but i was at an mia concert also i wore my parents cross-country ski boots to this concert because they had hints of neon yes and all of my friends without the skis without the skis because they were like gray with neon. i hate i know and i was trying to fit in because all my friends like worked at american apparel and i was like okay me too i'm cool too (laughs) horrible idea i ended up kicking a photographer who this is a different story but he like fell to the ground and then he like posted because you were wearing ski ski boots boots, and they had the metal thing at the front and i like hurt his shin and i was in his art exhibit later and he had written loser on my face anyway separate story that's (laughs) like it's a great story so i'm leaving the mia concert so drunk very drunk yes and there's this crowd gathering in front of a club and like i'm like what's happening what's happening i get into the crowd they sort of split the crowd in two and all these people go to one side and i and a few other people go to the other side and this black suv pulls up and paris hilton gets out Uh, like right beside me and i like I don't really particular like Paris Hilton that much, but I knew her catchphrase and I grabbed her around the neck and was like, say I'm hot, say I'm oh hot. Oh my God. And she was like, you're hot, you're hot. And I was just like, ah, you're hot, hot, you're hot. hot. <laughs> like I was like so excited. Anyways, Why so this, didn't someone pull you off her or were, were people around her? I like, don't know. It was like, it was, yeah, there was lots of people. There was no security guard. And then also there's like, there's a CBC, like Canadian documentary about Paris Hilton's influence at the time. Mm-hmm. And literally it goes like, and she has crazy fans. And it cuts to a clip of me <laughs> grabbing her, screaming. You can look it up. There's a photo. This. Yeah. <laughs> I'm screaming and it's like, she is crazy fans. I literally like never watched a simple life. I'm not a fan, but it's like, I am the typical fan in my made in the eighties pink shirt. Like right. losing, my, like white gay, a famous person losing my shit. Out. Yeah. And I was like clearly gay that it like, I fit the bill. Right. Anyways, she she goes inside, everything dies down. I'm so drunk with my friend, so full of confidence, feeling so good. And her black SUV is there and like no one's paying attention. I'm like, oh my God, Leah, like, let's just, like break it. Let's just break into her car. No. So we open the door and we get into Paris Hilton's Wait, car. Wait, it was unlocked? It was unlocked. It just was sitting so there weird. With just no sitting one there around. Unlocked. So me and Aaliyah, my friend, get <laughs> oh my in the car. God. We're screaming. The song is playing. You had a bad day. You take <laughs> oh a one God. down. I just picture <laughs> that that's like what she had on repeat the whole ride there. I have no idea. <laughs> and I'm like panicking and like so excited and just like sitting in Paris Hilton's car. I pick up this thick like wad of paper and it's a script for the movie that she's filming house of wax so she's filming house of wax in toronto the script's in the car and i'm like going through it we're laughing so hard then my friend starts to scream so that movie hadn't been made yet but it has been made now so yeah it's been made oh yeah oh my god i've not seen house of wax i've never seen it so funny she gets (laughs) murdered in like the most hilarious way it's a really bad kitschy horror film um but it all added up um so then like my friend screams and I'm like, oh my God, like we're getting booked by the po, like we're <laughs> fucked. But I'm drunk, so I'm just like, whatever, like white privilege, I'm free. <laughs> like I'm totally gonna be okay. Uh, so we run and I'm like, oh my God, I'm being chased. Like I'm so scared. And like my friend's screaming. I'm like, this is so bad. We broke into her car. Then I realized that my friend's screams are like joyous. And she like looks at me and she stole her Christian Dior sunglasses. <gasps> and I still That's have That's where them. those came from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like my friend stole Paris Hilton's Christian out Dior sunglasses car. out of her car. 
drunk. <laughs> this is what the alcohol can do. And then we were so drunk too that we went back to see what was up, and people were, people were unscrewing the license plate of the SUV. Like, what? I know, and I'm like, no one was stopping anything. That makes no sense. Is that worth something? Like, do you I don't. Like, I, I think people were just like drivers. trolling her. I think it was that uh, weird time where she was just so famous, right, and people, people just were like, to mess with her. And also, but everyone was so wasted because why like a was club. there not security by I the car? No. Was this a parking lot or they literally just parked in it the It was middle? right. It was like she parked in front of their club. I and bet that she it. didn't plan to stay there very long. Uh, was like, was this is the out, car. I don't know why their driver while. didn't stay in there. Anyways, th- <laughs> this is the power of alcohol because that kind of comp, I could never do that now. That's hot. 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 This is hot. This clip comes from our second ever live show and the topic was musicals. We had an absolutely dreamy guest, Henry Kapersky, and he breaks down the music in Wicked and it literally blew everyone's mind. The audio is a little fuzzy, but believe me, it is worth it. Um, but wait, can you play something for me? Okay, yes. So, <laughs> sing okay, so play more for us. So, in every great musical, the, uh, the theme of transformation is huge. Um, and uh, the most transformative element is water, right? So composers often like use these watery sounds in music to evoke transformation. Like in Beauty and the Beast, the theme for the Beast is right, and it's very watery, and because he's gonna change later into a prince, a prince of while light. it's raining. While it's r- exactly see. Yes. Raining late motifs, late me lights. (laughs) Or in another very musical show about someone that wants to change. Under the sea. I mean, that's not the song, but she is under the... What? What? Little Mermaid. Come on. Was that Beauty and the Beast? No, that was Little Mermaid. Okay. Okay. (laughs) That's why I said under the sea. She's a mermaid. She wants to be a human. But what she really wants to do is transform into who she truly is inside, you know? Um, So in Wicked, my favorite part of the score is the transformation theme, which, and you hear it throughout the score like this. Right? Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. So watery. Okay. Yes, exactly. So let's sing it together. (laughs) Let's sing it. Unlimited, my future is unlimited. So let me sing that just alone, really quick, like with no. He's like Mitch. Uh, If you could, um, (laughs) I didn't. I just want to have him. I meant without. (laughs) (laughs) I meant without the accompaniment. Oh, (laughs) I have never seen anyone say that to you. No, 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 no. Mitch, you got to be here for this part. I'm sorry. It's okay. No, I'm to prep you. I'm gonna blow your mind right now. Um, no, I meant without the piano. So it's going to unlimited, my future is. So let me just change the rhythm, which means where the notes land. Now let me, ch- here, I'll change the rhythm now. <gasps> Whoa. Oh, my God. Steven Schwartz. When he Y'all. was coming up for his anthem of transformation for Alphaba, took Dorothy's anthem from The Wizard of Oz, changed the rhythm, and put it over this watery sound. Somewhere I'm like getting shivers. Rainbow. <laughs> that is why music theater is better than everything else in the world. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh yeah. my god. And here's, here's another little fun one. 
Um, you know the song Loathing from Wicked? It's like, Loathing, unadulterated loathing. <laughs> um, yeah, so at the, they go, Every little thing, da 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 Let me change the rhythm. What the hell? Yeah. Who told Steven you this? Schwartz. <laughs> I'm a nerd. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> no, like I, just, I feel like cheated that I didn't know these things. I know, isn't that fun? That's, That's so good. Amazing. The Leonard Bernstein was right. Steven Schwartz was a genius. Yes, uh, he absolutely was. Yeah. <sighs> wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, I feel like my breath has been taken from me. Ah, I feel like my breath was taken from me. What a line, Mitch. I really don't blame you. Uh, we were really all smitten by Henry. Um, so now, next clip comes from our astrology app. Greg used to be a camp counselor, and he used to do palm readings for the kids. Take a listen. I used to work at a camp called Bayview Glen Plug. They're not sponsoring this. <laughs> Imagine this is sponsored by a day camp. <laughs> um, and so it was a day camp where I worked for a summer and I remember they made me teach gymnastics, which was weird because I've never taught gymnastics, but the kids were so young that it was really actually fun. And at one point I had to teach dance, which I also didn't have any experience with. But Are you sure they weren't just like, you're gay, you can teach oh, dance, always. right? Yes, I also went to another <laughs> camp where they were, I was literally good at kayaking. Like, I'm not going to brag, but like, I'm really good at kayaking. And they literally would be like you're ahead of arts and crafts i'm like are you serious i've literally <laughs> never made a craft in my life i'm like okay and I, these kids would like be burning themselves on candles i'm like i don't know how to do this but okay anyways moving on <laughs> um Oh, yeah. Also, at that other camp where I taught gymnastics, they made me teach dance. Again, homophobic. But what I did for that class or that course is when they'd come, I turned all the lights off. Arts and crafts, they had to make fake IDs. And they would come into the club and I'd like blast music and all these kids would dance like on tables and I'd give them water as like drinks and they'd like party. And it went over really well. I got like a smoke machine and like everyone was like, he's a really good camp so I'm like, we're literally just pretending we're partying. Anyways. <laughs> That's really fun. I wish I did that as a kid. Yeah. So I, there was like a fair day or something and I had to figure out a booth and I was so hungover and I was like, okay, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to palm read. And so I like, <laughs> Wait, you, you just spur of the moment. Yeah, we're like, well, it's a camp. I'm going to palm read. It's a camp. It's like, today. I was like, what can I do? I'm so hungover. I don't want to move. I don't want to like try figure out materials. I'm going to palm read. <laughs> so I like put a table and like literally like a blanket over the table. So they'd have to come in under this table. So it was dark. And my friend Brian, who literally also does not care about like this camp at all, was like, can I palm read too? I'm like, fine. So these kids and counselors would come in and I would like, I'd be like, okay, this line is like your lifeline. And this line is your wealth line. And like, I just kind of made up the lines a little bit okay. and I just I would just go for it like I would just be like Red. you no like I'd be like you for the kids whatever but for the <laughs> people who were tweens I'd be like you must like have a weird school life this year like were you bullied and they'd be like I I was bullied <laughs> like it literally like they would like start like 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 tearing up sometimes and then it became like known around the camp that I was like palm reading really well <laughs> and people started oh to like line God. up for my little thing and it, it, it kind of made me realize like this is actually like BS like I have no I did like I'm literally making this up and there is some way that people you started are spinning it there's yeah. literally like 30 kids in Toronto who the course of their life has been defined <laughs> by what you told them they were like um, but my um, palm 
palm reader said that I should follow the finance because my line was really long for finance and now they're and, frigging. And I was like, again, I didn't care that much about this job. And the lifeline one, I'd be like, oh, I'm honey, you got till 30. <laughs> like Ooh. I'd be like, you're going to die young. And they'd be like, oh my God, really? And I'd be like, yeah, you might want to like go to Mount Everest Base Camp sooner than you think. <laughs> like That is so <laughs> awful. But I just really hope that they knew I was kidding because I was kind of like really playing. <laughs> That's famous it. last words of every psychic. I just hope they knew I was kidding. Right? <laughs> I know they paid $400 for this, but I hope they know I was kidding. So 2018 has really been the year where we are seeing that climate change is not theoretical. It's happening right now. Massive storms, drought, wildfires. So instead of debating whether climate change exists, because clearly it does, Mitch and Greg did a go-off where they break down the latest IPCC report. Yeah, so I think what we should talk about first is the IPCC report because that's sort of the reason that we started to want to make this episode and it's in the news a lot lately which is very important. Yeah, okay. So let's if you haven't heard, let's kind of go over what this is. It's the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change and what do they look at, Greg? Well, so okay, so it's it's the United Nations Scientific Advisory Board is maybe something that people could like understand more. It's like the United Nations being like, okay, we need to listen up. Mm-hmm. So whenever you hear people talk about like uh you know, we've reached one degree of, of the world temperature above a certain level. What they're talking about is above pre-industrial world temperature. Mm-hmm. So it's like in the late 1800s, the Industrial Revolution happened. And really what happened is we started to warm the planet extremely quickly because of the way we were deciding to burn fossil fuels mm-hmm. and make energy for ourselves. So when we say 1.5 degrees or 2 degrees above, like we're talking about above like 1850s. Yeah, exactly. in reference to like that point where it started to go a lot faster because our industries and capitalism and everything was booming all at once. Yeah, and I think that's important to know. I think a lot of people like forget what that even means. So there was this big talk, I think, I don't know, people would remember it from like four years ago about the Paris like climate like accord is Mm -hmm. what it was called the thing that trump pulled out of and they were all talking about two degrees celsius so two degrees celsius above pre-industrial world temperatures is what everyone was freaking out about but recently a new uh study and paper in the un they got together and they were like okay if we actually get to 1.5 degrees above which is going to be by 2040 Mm -hmm. so that's in a lot of people listening to this lifetime there's most i imagine (laughs) uh, yeah that's when we actually have to really start thinking it's going to be detrimental. Like most of the coral reefs are going to be gone. Mm -hmm. There's going to be like so many people who are displaced when it comes to like climate refugees. Like food shortages, wildfires, coastal flooding, drought, like a lot of these impacts that we actually are already starting to see today. They've just come up with a report that, by the way, there was 91 scientists from 40 countries who had analyzed 6,000 studies on these things and came to the a consensus that you know by 2040 even when even if we like take severe action we can expect some really severe results um and that's why it kind of blew up like we're not saying it's the end of the world by 2040 but these things are going to become more and more extreme at a lot at a, a rate a lot quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Faster than what was initially proposed. And I think that's what's important and why we're talking about this now. Why you honestly, if you're listening to this, need to be like 2040. I know mm, that date. 22 years. alive. I bet some people listening to this podcast aren't even 22 years old yet. You know, that's a whole, like, like that's going to happen really fast. Phew. Okay. People, please don't stop talking about climate change in 2019. Talk to your government reps. Talk to your friends. Talk to your family. Act like your life depends on it because it actually does. Okay, moving on. I notice a lot of times when Greg and Mitch post a cute photo together on social media, we get flooded with things like, get married. You have to get married. Get married already. So, we actually did an app on gay marriage, and here is the current status on those plans. What I want to say right now is that I think this is a bit of a hot take because I am going to tell you, Mitch, that I do think that I might want a wedding. That's a lie. You're lying to me. No, I, and my take is that I actually don't think we should get married. Okay, so Whew. what? Whew. Here's the tea, honey. Here One, two, is the tea. Make a make a sound of a door slamming because I'm walking out, <laughs> storming out of here. He's so mad. Oh my god, Greg is so mad. He just ran out. Um, and I'm back. Okay, okay what do you truly... mean you don't want to get married, mother? Well, actually, you're someone who exposed me to some of these ideas first. So I never had watched the show called Queer as Folk, and Greg is obsessed with it. And in university, you got me to watch all those seasons. And there was like a really succinct explanation of why I don't think that um, gay people shouldn't have the ability to marry. So I'll clarify that. Like, of course, I think any gay people who want to be married should. Because that's about equality. <laughs> exactly. And But I do think like, why do we need marriage? Like, it is not something that I think is necessarily that important. If... And this is a big F because, to be honest, I don't really know the legality of it, but we're obviously common law. We've lived together for a long time. Like, we own a home together and that sort of thing. Assuming, and a dog, aka a child. Yes, but assuming that the the laws are the same for common law as, like, a full marriage and that we have the same rights and the same protections and all that sort of thing, then I'm like, I don't need to subscribe to this, like, religious institution that I'm not even a part of just to feel, like, more accepted by society that in the first place has rejected us for so long. I'm so happy that many people get to enjoy it and, and value, like, weddings as an important thing or marriage as an important thing. But I'm like, I I don't need a ring to know that we love each other. Like, isn't that also kind of weird? Like okay, why? so I'm going to go the complete opposite and that I want a ring, okay? I want you to buy me a really, really, <laughs> really <laughs> nice ring. Actually, I want it to be like a really thoughtful ring. Like, I don't want it to be expensive. I want it to be like that you've like foraged. I want you to have to like go on a trip and forage it like in some really interesting part of the world and like get it for me. <laughs> I don't want it to have like, you know, like capitalistic, like financial value. I want it to like, I want you to fight for it. Uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> 
my ring. Okay, the second <laughs> thing that I want uh, is a party. So that I'm re- I'm trying to like like okay. So but I can't tell if you're being real. Like I, that ring thing can't be real. It is. I don't want an expensive Greg, ring. I want a hard, challenging ring to find. You want me to go forward you a ring? Yes. You, you a ha- root system from an interesting plant. Okay. I'm not kidding. So that a uh, hold on to that. But I guess if you don't want to get married, we'll talk about it later. Second of all, I think I do want like a party, which is the thing that like I wasn't sure that I wanted because I'm trying to like. So my 30th birthday is coming up, and I'm like really <laughs> weird with birthdays. Hint, hint. He's like, and Mitch better be planning something amazing. <laughs> no, my point is that like I've like I've always struggled with my birthday. I I'm bad at receiving gifts. I'm bad at receiving compliments. I don't want it to have to be about me. But there's something about like it being my 30th birthday party that makes me think people are going to get drunk and have fun. And I I want I think for us I don't want to get me I don't want to put the ring on the fi- like I want like, I don't want a so wedding you just want me to forage for a ring for no oh, yeah, reason no, forage for a ring <laughs> give it to me on my private time we'll gaze into each other's eyes and then <laughs> I want like the wedding to be super like oh my god like I've never been to a wedding like that because like they didn't even get married it was just like a party <laughs> that we're all at with our friends and our family because like uh, for example our extended families like they don't always hang out and it's like everyone has to come to a wedding the best they can it'll be in Toronto it doesn't need to be anywhere we'll pay Duff's there'll be chicken wings everywhere and it'll just be the most fun party um so you just want a party you don't want a wedding but i want a party that everyone feels like they have to go to (laughs) and have to have so much fun at and then it's like it's like if we get divorced it's like less of a big deal because everyone's like well that was a really fun party it's not like oh they're i don't want any of that like cheesy ceremonious yeah so and i don't and i don't want any and i don't i want it to be weird because i don't want it to get weird with the families like I don't want my parents to have, like the nice thing about being gay is that you don't have to have a wedding. Like, yeah. I feel like there was more pressure for my sister because that's like what. The, but when, but parents and like family, they're always like, "Oh, they're gay." Like, we don't, like, is it weird to be even asked? Like, when like are you it's almost gay? Rude. Like, they're like, "Is it rude to be like when are you getting married?" You can just dodge it way <laughs> easier. And like, I think weddings can come with a lot of like stress of like, mm-hmm. like I don't want chicken or fish. No chicken or fish. You show up at eight and you party, even if you're my great aunt. That's what I want. Okay, so you don't want a wedding. I like, I like, it's so <laughs> funny. Marriage. No, it's so funny. Because also, like, do you differentiate between like a marriage and a wedding? Okay, wait, let me think about that for a second. Oh, I see. Okay. Oh, my God. Because like the wedding is the party, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, is yeah, it, you're right. Because okay. well, the wedding is the ceremony as well, but like the marriage is the oh, thing that yeah. is after and forever. And we're talking about gay marriage. Yeah, but no, I'm down to talk about weddings and stuff too. Because honestly, why are we going to spend this much money? Oh, oh, because um, it's going to be unforgettable. So marriage for a lot of people is a monogamous union, but there are a lot of other amazing ways to be in relationship and to be in love. So we did an episode looking at polyamory and Greg sat down with his friends to talk about it. Mitch and I have friends named Carson and Fabio who we love and they, like us, have been in a long-term relationship. They've been together for seven years. And recently, about seven months ago, they started dating another couple named Silvio and Nico. So I actually got to sit down with Carson and his new boyfriend, Nico, to talk about how this all happened. So, my first question is for Carson. (laughs) 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 So, did you, before you started dating a couple with Fabio, like, think... Uh, this is something I want to do. Had you talked about it? Uh, not, no, not at all. 
we had briefly sort of talked about like sleeping with other people and we had an experience earlier that year where we like hooked up with a couple but dating another couple no that was never on our radar or like the intention what about you Nika? okay well we had a threesome about a year prior and then we had a fling around this time last year with like another guy from the u.s um and we dated him for about like four or five months okay so how did you guys meet because i was there (laughs) Halloween party. you looked amazing Oh, yeah. I uh, better than Fabio and I did. We were dressed as handmaids. Okay, so what about, yeah, that night? I Sorry, I want to take us to that night. Yeah. We're there. We're in our costume. So what happened? Like, when did you guys start sort of noticing that, like, as a couple, you were admiring each other? We went to the club that night, and we yeah. danced all together, and we yeah. kind of, like, switched partners. Yeah, we, so what was we danced. Like? I know for a fact Fabio doesn't remember this. Oh, and, okay. like, for some reason denies <laughs> that it's happened to this day. Nico doesn't really remember it either. What? But Silvio and I, like we saw them on the dance floor. We approached them. We you and da- you and Fabio. Fabio and I, yeah, we dan- we were dancing with them. We just started kissing and then we swapped and then Nico and Silvio disappeared and Fabio and I kind of like laughed and we were like, "Oh shit, we scared them off." And then <laughs> just handmaids. like we went about our night. <laughs> And then I think like drunkenly that night I found both of them on Instagram and I started following oh, both of them. Slid into the DMs. Slid into the DMs. <laughs> and then the next day I woke up to a message from Silvio saying it was so nice to meet you boys last night, oh. which, I, which I was not expecting. Okay, so that's what started this potential relationship. Yeah, so yeah. nice to meet you boys last night. Were you immediately on the same page? Like this is gonna be. Well, I, I no, I made like some comment like oh i hope i don't have to wait until next halloween to see you oh and then silvio was like well you guys you guys should come over and so we had made a plan to hang out let's fast forward to like two weeks after this incident let's talk about the first couple dates what was it like okay the first date was me and silvio had carson and fabio over to our apartment and like we had to like take like maybe like five shots before (laughs) because we were so fucking nervous and then, yeah, they came over, and then we had, like, appetizers and, like, drinks, and we just kept talking about pop music all night. It was so night. cute. We, Fabio and I had, we were so nervous to go over. Did you we, guys have shots before, too? Yeah, uh, of course we did. Oh. Yeah, we, <laughs> we also brought a bottle of wine, and they had four bottles of wine already, like, Oh, God. So you were all just, you were all, you were both nervous. Um, That's but, nice, kind yeah, of. Yeah, Fabio and I, we talked about, like, because we didn't really know the intention like, we just went into yeah. it blind. Probably the same way that most people go into dates alone, maybe. Like, that yeah. nervousness, that apprehension. We did talk about, like, what happens if they want to hook up. Yeah, and okay. then that makes sense. Yeah, and You're also five shots deep. <laughs> yeah, so Silvio greeted us at the elevator, and he seemed so nervous. He was, like, he was, like beat red. He, like, yeah, he, he was beat red. He started rambling. I broke a glass. And then, <laughs> and, and then we came up into the apartment, and then Nico, like... Yeah, he, like, shatters a wine glass in his hand. <laughs> and at that moment, I was like, okay, we are all so fucking nervous. This is okay. Aww. And then we got there at, like, 7 p.m. And we just, like, talked. Till, like, 2. Till, yeah, like, it, it was, like, the longest hangout. And I knew that, like, regardless of what had happened, these people are awesome and I want to hang out with them again. So, okay, we don't need to get into sexual details, but let's just yeah. assume that things had fun being hands, you know. <laughs> As girls, we know how to have a good time. I want to start by talking about the way you talk to your, like, initial partners. When, Carson, we'll start with you, did you start talking to Fab about, okay, maybe I want to start dating them? What does that mean? Just, like, off the bat, we knew that, like, we really were into these guys just like whether it was a friendship or something more i don't i don't even know if something more 
we thought about that immediately. We just knew that we wanted to hang out with them again and spend more time with them. Talking about dating, it never really was happened? A, like a conversation. Huh. It kind of just it just happened. So like, what about feel... with you, Nika? Like, what, did you talk about dating before? Or, or again, was this a similar thing? No, it was like, it was just, yeah, same thing as Carson and Fabio. It was like, we just, we had so much fun the first night. It was like, okay, we'll see them Saturday. And then Saturday came around. We had so much fun. And then it was like, okay, we'll see them on Wednesday. And then we it was just like kept dinner, making plans. And like, like, we kept making plans. It was plans just like, going to concerts, hey, we got like, you concert tickets six months from now and like yeah we just kept making plans and dates and so then did the four of you have a discussion where you went okay we're boyfriends it was like a few months down where we were yeah. just kind of like I, I think it was like so at, it was the depth maybe of it was winter. like after the but we all we all went home for Canadian Christmas winter. and I think that's when we realized how much we really missed each other because we couldn't physically be around each other but yeah, and we'd been separated for like two weeks and we were yeah. like oh my god it was like two weeks felt like three months yeah it was like crazy. and nico Aww. sent this like really sweet message so cute he was like he's like not i didn't think that my life needed anything more but you guys <sighs> are just like the spice sorry i'm like i'm literally like moved so lovely so sweet you can hear the rest of that convo on our polyamory app Okay, this clip comes from one of our most talked about debates. When someone says something problematic or crappy, do you call them out or do you call them in? We start with Mitch on his stance on calling people in and Greg takes the position of calling out. Okay, well, I'd first like to start by asking you, Greg, you don't have to answer right now, but when's the last time you changed somebody's opinion by calling them out? I feel like it's really, really rare because when people get called out, they get really defensive and they're not in the mindset, I think, to change their opinion. I want to start and clarify, I'm never in this argument defending anyone in the world who's like super obnoxious or I'm not defending Nazis. I'm not defending people who are homophobic or transphobic. I'm talking more about people who are sensitive people and aren't pure evil okay so science shows that you can't change people's opinions with facts you can't just yell at them you can't just tell them what they did wrong you have to appeal to their emotions uh, and figure out what they want and so vaccines is a really good example if you can find a way to connect with someone and say like hey you're afraid of vaccines because you care about your kids i also care about kids and my kids here's like a place we can relate that's a nice way of calling somebody in instead of saying you're dumb because vaccines save lives um calling out often comes from a place of ego and reaction whereas calling in is more of a place of service like think of someone like President Barack Obama, or we're going to call him president forever. Um, he was all about, you know, steering the ship one bit at a time. You have to understand that everyone comes from a different place. And it's really hard, I think, one minute. to expect people to go from, you know, a mentality of 1950s to 2018 in seconds. Um, of course, all this only really matters if both people are willing to cooperate in good faith. Um, but I honestly think that calling in requires a lot more compassion and patience. I think at the end of the day, like calling out is a good way to rally your own support. But if you want to change people's opinions, I think you have to call them in. Otherwise, what Donald Trump is doing is calling people out and all it's doing 
is serving is riling up his own base as opposed to ever reaching over to like the more liberal side of the agenda or whatever and calling them in to say here's how we can work together uh there's two 15 seconds oh god no okay i'll uh, uh there's okay a 2016 study showed that door-to-door canvassing leading to 10-minute conversations could substantially reduce transphobia it was effective regardless of the person or of the canvasser themselves was cis or trans and uh there's been a lot of techniques developed around this so that's all and my debate that calling in is better. <laughs> that was really disjointed at the end. I'm sorry. No, that was good though. Honestly, I, I have more like, points that we can. I was, I was like, you spooked me a little bit. You I was just me. debating in my head whether I should have more of a conversation about some of my points I wanted to bring up. So I'll end there. Uh, I'll let you get prepared for your call. Yeah, no, actually, debate. no. That was oh, I don't know. Hey, hey, I'm spooked. I'm All right, spooked. so I Greg, don't even know. I'm sick. I'm sick. <laughs> I'm feeling sick. So Greg, you think that. People, your debate is that you we should be calling people out. Are you ready to go? Yes. Okay. So I think silence on any sort of subject is always going to give a lot more power to the oppressor. And I think I'm going to start with like a personal anecdote. And I calling out is so important because the people who are being victimized in these situations are the ones who have to feel the pain and the burden and the uncomfort when you get. For example, personally, someone someone says something homophobic to me. It really can scare me. Like recently we were on the bus and that guy, remember he randomly was like, stay mm-hmm. away from me. I'm not gay. And we immediately fell silent. Mm-hmm. I would have loved if someone could have stood up for me because in those moments when you're being attacked, you are the one who has to take on all the discomfort. And if you don't say anything and allow the other people to feel uncomfortable, it's literally not fair and things aren't going to change. It happened again with me the other day when we were I was at a comedy open mic. And people made fun of me in like this weird way and like kind of attacked me for being feminine. And I was silent. And it's because in those moments when you're being attacked, it's so hard to come up with what to say because you're feeling all of those feelings that if no one is there to call those people out, sometimes you can't do it for yourself. And also, when it comes to someone like Donald Trump, we don't know him. We can't call him in. He needs to be called out publicly because a lot of the times the people in power aren't actually people you can have a literally have a conversation with. Oh, whoops. You only have 40 seconds left. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> and it works. Think about Roseanne Barr, Megyn Kelly. These people have been taken away from their positions of power because of the way that they acted that was racist. And I don't think people need to be allowed to be in those positions of power if they act in those specific ways. And I think it's also found that it can, studies show, increase confidence. When women confront sexism themselves, they actually feel more comfortable, uh, sorry, more confident. 20 seconds. And, and comfortable. being comfortable is the thing that I think is the most important. People who are doing the oppressing need to feel uncomfortable because they are making other people feel uncomfortable. And Barack Obama, our president forever, also is someone who, you're right, I think the only thing I look back on, I'm like, maybe he needed to call people out more because, again, he was taken advantage of if you think of, like, the Supreme Court. Done. Okay. Okay. Woo! Okay. There's still a lot to obviously talk. I think we both are just like, there's so many things to talk about. Um, I want to address one of your points and it's not that I don't I don't actually disagree with it. So I think like this conversation is so nuanced and but we should like so have you because cha- there was a time in our lives where you we would argue about this a lot because I would really call people out and you would be like, Greg, it's the wrong thing because to do. I think it's contextual. So that's what I want to say. Like, I obviously believe in calling people in, but I think some of the examples you gave are really good examples of when it's appropriate to call people out. And that's why it's like this debate is kind of a. A front for like I believe we should have nuanced conversations about things and it's not one or the other like that bus situation you're exactly right when someone's but, literally in a moment of oppression they other people should call those people out and I think calling out is especially effective when the person is in a position of mass power 
and can set an example for many other people. So but, what is like that's why but I'm, like, I think I'm I think the problem like, is that we we definitely do live in a call out culture, right? Like it's really fun to get the pitchforks online, especially and like see these people who do stupid things and then make them blow up as viral videos and shame them. And and in some ways, I think that's important. When we see awful things, we should show the public like this is not and right. And the public's only going to care about people who are in power. They're not going to care about that's some not rant. true. There's always random people all over the internet who are in grocery stores like accosting people and I'm not even saying those shouldn't be shared what I'm kind of thinking about is like oftentimes nowadays people get really called out for stuff that might have even happened like 10 years ago and I'm I'm still for holding people responsible and accountable and having them have to own up for doing and saying stupid things. But I also think back on myself and how much more educated I've become over the last 10 years. Like, that's a lot of time. My parents have changed so much. Like, when I came out as gay, my parents had a fully different set of beliefs than they do now, I think, about how, who gay people are, what they deserve, what, whatever. But because they were called out by your existence, by you having to go up and talk to them and right, be like, I have a boyfriend. Right, but should they be called out today is what I'm at saying because some people are getting called out today for things that they actually don't stand for anymore such an interesting debate calling in versus calling out you can hear the whole nuanced conversation wherever you get your podcasts the episode is called liberal versus conservative it really is an amazing combo so this was our first year doing this podcast and it's been so much fun and I have loved being a part of it Greg, what do you think? I freaking loved it. I love the pod medium. I love that iTunes said that we were one of the best podcasts of their year in Canada. I always did. That's yeah. a big deal. Canada's a big, it's huge big country. country of amazing people making amazing podcasts. We have a lot of culture. A lot of culture. Honestly, it's just been so amazing. As we said earlier, it's like we, we did two live shows. Two live shows. I just for last, which is like a big deal. <laughs> and yeah, honestly, like I just love that people are learning and like it because what we wanted to do is try and make something that was entertaining and educational i think we've done that and as we said we have so much fun doing this that we would do it whether or not people listen or not and we're just happy that people are yeah so happy that you like it let us know what you want to hear in the new year new year new year new us we're gonna glow up we're gonna do whatever you want tell yeah. us what you want give us topic suggestions we love hearing them use the hash no hash no oh hash see note. even that new terms new terms <laughs> hash no and hash no. hashtag side note podcast and let us know what do you think what do you want to hear we love to hear it controversial topics think of them because that's what we're going to be doing all holiday what are some controversial topics that we can every time me and mitch have a disagreement we're like okay do a pod about it <laughs> So me and Mitch need to have more disagreements. We'll do it. We will have disagreements over the holidays, as we all will, with our friends and family. We're wishing you a restful and exciting holiday. Come back in 2019 looking dewy and fresh. Dewy and fresh. Dewy and fresh. That's the new look. Okay, thank you. Bye. See you next year. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.